What's up, pukers? Pukers. You're listening to PukeCast. The show that pukes out the truth to everything you need to know to rise and thrive in the Web3 world. Because it's all about puking rainbows and smoking hopium. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, uh, obviously just, just call me H that's, you know, what everybody calls me in the space. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, my background, I'm, you know, like I like to tell people I'm one of the old guys in the space. I've, uh, you know, I'm damn near pushing 40. Uh, you know, I've got a master's in business and I spent, you know, 14 years of my life in fortune hundred doing digital marketing, um, you know, running sales teams, divisions, uh, you know, uh, things of that nature, and then pivoted from digital marketing scene and uh, ended up working for one of the top insurance companies in the world and ran two states in the United States for their commercial lines and uh, grew their profitability by about $38 million in my first year and then realized very quickly that I didn't want to do insurance and, uh, you know, got a taste for Web3 World and just loved it. And, uh, you know, I'm a former founder so i um i launched a project uh back in november of last year called dormant dragons uh project is still up and running um i did sell off my ownership rights about a month into or after the launch because i just didn't like the direction it was going but that was my first step in a real web three world and um you know selling out a collection and just getting a taste for community and just networking and everything that that comes with this space so you know from there i started advising zooverse um and helped ollie build it from pen and paper and open the company and next thing i know we're eight months in and you know company's done over 1.5 million thus far in uh revenue so it's just it's been amazing yeah I, I can see, um, you know, even your CV or even your website, um, you're pretty much stacked in, in terms of experience. So for me, myself, I'm the currently the host for uh, Kaiju Friends. So we have this initiative called PewCast. Basically, what happens if current, in the current market right now, I think there's like, you know, so much projects and things that people need to know about. So we interview not only uh, founders of projects, but also like, like you yourself, you know, uh, auditing company, how it's important to know the expect from the dev side right um, what are you kind of minting uh, what are the security that you have to take place so not only projects we, we speak to for example founder like you uh, crypto exchanges so I, I, I think that you know um, this whole initiative is really just to educate people on you know what is it that we have to be aware of right so I'm, yeah. I really like or oh, this is the first time that I'm actually talking to um, somebody who is from the deaf side of things right so I just want to know let's just take into a deep dive on the current market trend um, I'm, I'm kind of like seeing right now that the market is moving slowly from free mint to paid mint um, but maybe the price of the mint is like probably like 0.05 or something like that. So do you see, you know, any changes to the meta right now or you think that free mint is still going to ride all the way? Yeah, so I, I think, uh, you know, addressing the meta, I think we've been on this three-month free mint or two-month free mint uh, madness ever since, what, Sybil dropped uh, <laughs> one ETH or something like that. Um, yeah. You know, and then I remember it was like pay you to mint. And I was like, oh, God, this is the end of the space. Right. Because, I mean, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I think the end game is people saw very quickly um, or maybe not very quickly, but in the same token, saw after a few months that realistically speaking, these these free mint projects, it's not real. Like there's no sustainability. You can't 
you can't scale a project off royalties, you know, to that degree, especially in a market like this, where let's be candid, you know, the secondary volume is down 90% of what it used to be. Right. So the end game is the way I look at these free mints is in my opinion. And again, we've audited a few of them. We've ran mints for a few of them. And, you know, I, I just don't see the sustainability of them long-term. Um, I think we all know that people in the NFT space, you know, they, they, they vibe on something for a bit and then it's on to the next thing, unless there is some immediate thing that keeps their attention going. Right. Yeah. So I, I do see a shift paradigm kind of coming in, especially with the type of clients that we're seeing reaching out to us on a daily basis. Um, I think you will start to see more paid mints. I think people are getting away from the free mint. It's almost looked like not a rug, but again, you know, it's basically you're putting up something smart and just generating royalties and, half these people, if not more, just kind of drop away after, after the mint, you know? So I think you're right in line. I think you're going to start to see more pavements, but it's going to have to be gradual, right? It's going to have to be at that 0 0.02, 0 0.01, 0 0.04, all the way up, you know, maybe 0 0.08 for some people that can get away with it if they've got enough hype and yep. justification. But um, no, I'm, I'm in full agreement. I think we're about to see the shift. I'm hoping the shift stays like that, but um, yeah, it's been a wild two months with this free mint thing. It's honestly yeah. been nonsense to be candid with you. Yeah. I, I, I'm really happy that you, you mentioned about Siebel, right? So from free mint, instead of that, you know, you mint and then they pay you 0 0.01, right? And then it, it's kind of like the shift because my background was in e-commerce. So, you know, like, when Facebook was doing so well, it's, it's kind of like as long as you run the Facebook ads, right, you can get customers. Then later on, it goes to like, oh, you free product, just pay for shipping. Then I kind of see like, you know, the same uh, narrative that we are going, going about. It's like from, from customers buying the product to changing to customer acquisition. And I think previously when the freemium was doing well because of royalties, people flip, they can make back their money and then projects, okay, they push for freemiums. But currently, I think the freemium, usually the secondary or the, the market uh, that they get the sales is like 20, 30 ETH, which they cannot cover back. Then I think because of this, we see a much lesser freemium um, on a daily basis now, right? Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And again, you know, look, it, the what Sybil did, it's not a bad thing, right? It's a genius idea. And again, some of them have been successful, right? I mean, there's been some out there that obviously have, have, have surpassed others. But again, it's about the longevity of the market. And, you know, if the space is going to continue and, and continue to withstand this bear and grow and, and come back into a bull, it can't be through free mint, flip, make your point zero one and on to the next one and, you know. Uh, it's got to get back to real building, real utility. And I think what's going to end up happening too, and you'll see with a few of these projects is there's not going to be any more of these, Hey, we're going to build this game or we're going to do this or do that, but there's nothing built yet. Right. Because people are done. Like they're not going to keep paying money into an idea. You're going to have to start coming to the table with tangible things already built, which means raising VC prior to ever going to launch the NFT. Right. So raising VC, being able to build some stuff out, come to the table with things prepared so your community can tangibly see what you're going to bring to the table. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think what, what people realize is that, you know, for example, projects um, initially, if, if they continue to build on the hype, for example, and new people uh, flooding in, they always can earn through royalties, right? But currently right now, I think even for like the blue chip uh, projects and stuff, even 
even they are keep on delivering or projects that they said, okay, you know what, we are going to do roadmap uh, A to Z and we already deliver everything. But the holders will be like, oh yeah, you deliver doesn't mean, you know, new people have to come and buy. So what, what you talk about is like, you know, even now whereby I think last week, uh, PseudoSwap just changed like royalty to zero. So I think all the projects right now, they have to think of a way to be more sustainable, not just uh, continue to build the hype, getting people in and earn through royalties. Probably if, like for example, if today royalties goes to zero, then projects really have to think of, okay, currently right now, my business model, how do I generate um, you know, monthly revenue from there? And this, this then can make the project sustainable because from the way I see it, you know, uh, most of the projects right now, for example, if they launch their second collection, it's no, no hype anymore. Like what you said, right? People only have like maybe one week in the project and then they move on to the next one. So I, I think it's really important. Do you get a, most of the clients these days whereby they already have a working product, then only they want to do uh, NFT? Uh, I've, I've had clients that have launched a project and came back talking about wanting to launch another one and I've turned down the business. I'm not like going to name people out, but like that's not the way it works. Like you either build what you initially built and charge money for or you, you know, you get the fuck out of the space and you, you refund people like it, that. I think that's the problem these days is like, and again, being on the developer auditor side, I mean, you know, we've seen it all. And even with these free mints, you know, people think, well, there's no risk. Well, look at C Raiders, right? C Raiders didn't get their contract audited. We offered to audit it. And what happened? They put a wallet drainer in there and drained everybody. Right. So it's just the space itself has just got to tidy up. People have to start coming prepared with, you know, tangible deliverables for their community prior to ever launching their project. They got to start spending the money and making sure everything's audited. And honestly, communities should be holding these, these founders accountable, you know, making them post audit reports. And honestly, I think something else that I want to talk with you about, and I've been thinking about and how to kind of implement it with anybody that I advise with is, you know, instead of like mint money coming in, right. And then all of a sudden these founders get paid, you know, the way I think that it could be structured out is to build a platform where the money sits in like escrow that the founders were going to get paid. And basically for each milestone that's hit in the roadmap, you know, that would release a certain amount, you know, a certain amount of the funds to be paid to the founders or whoever else, right. That the community could tangibly see. So everybody's working to a common goal. I just think there's got to be more transparency. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So all this is um, usually done on the contract side, right? Yes. Yeah, so for, for the contract side on the audit, I'll kind of walk you through what we do. So, and I'll try not to bore everybody. So like, uh, I remember I'm not, I'm not a dev I'm the business side of it, but I have some of the best devs in the world. So, you know, basically I built the, the, I built web three from a founder's perspective versus a dev's perspective. And what I mean with that is, is I've been on the founder side, I've dealt with auditors and I remember how horrible the experience was, how, you know, you're never talking to the devs. It's just, a very costly time taking experience. So basically the way that we work is, you know, I put first off two devs on any contract that ever gets audited through my company. Um, any other auditor is always going to put one. Now the way that we'll work is we eyeball every single piece of code in that, uh, in that contract. And my guys are going to screenshot any issues that we find, any coding that looks off, any functions that are off, anything at all. And we're going to label that severity, high, medium, or low. So that way the founder can see all the issues and they'll see if they're very big issues, small issues, et cetera. So they can get a feel for the dev because leading into this, 
most of these people find devs off Upwork or some, you know, random, you know, side and get promised the world. And the next thing you know, they don't know how to read coding. So if they don't get it audited, community is the one that suffers when it gets rugged or, you know, payment pulled. So we avoid all of that by looking at the code and making sure everything's screenshotted there for the owner. Once we have the report done, you know, we upload it to the Discord chat that we have with the owner. They'll talk directly with my devs, ask any questions, make sure everybody's comfortable on the report. Um, we also write written recommendations on how to fix these issues. So most other auditors you're going to see are just going to give you the issues and say, good luck. Problem is those issues were created because the devs probably didn't know about the issues in the first place. So how are they going to fix them if they didn't know? So we walk them through all of that, help them fix the issues. And then what my, my company does, which I'm very proud of, is we do a secondary look for free. So basically, once we've done our initial audit and turned it over, they're allowed to go make the changes to the contract. And then we do a secondary look to make sure that everything is finalized, it is fixed correctly, and they're set for their mint. And we have saved, I can't even tell you how many projects over the 250 plus audits we've done um, from, you know, things like, I'll, I'll give you an example. And I, I mean, you would laugh at this, but I'm dead serious. We catch this all the time. Like people do not put withdraw functions in the contract. Yeah. And you would think, what do you mean? How, what do you mean? What's a withdrawal? But they can't withdraw the ETH. So like for an example, there have been, I can tell you over 10, 15 projects that we found just that alone. And you got to figure that would be, that would have been the end. Right. You know what I mean? So it's just little things like that, that people don't realize that you've got to spend a little money to make sure two things. One, you can get your money out and you're not getting rugged by the dev, but two, that everything's cost effective for your community, right? You know, it's gas efficient. It's safe for your people because they're the ones that matter, not the founders. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I think when you talk about this, I remember clearly, I think last year in the space where we have this project that I think they did around about a thousand if, and then they said that, um, you know, I, I'm not too sure what the project name is, but it's, it's quite a successful project. And it, because, you know, the contract doesn't have a, like what you say, withdraw with, function. Withdraw function, yep. Yeah, and then they didn't able to get it. So for, for, for example, if this case happened, is, is there any uh, work around on it? Or it's like dead? No, they're, they're, you're, you're, you are, you're dead in the water if you didn't put a withdraw function. Basically, the way NFT contracts or smart contracts are written is, the majority of them are written not upgradable, right? So that way it's true blockchain. You can't make any edits, et cetera. So once you deploy the contract, that's it. You know, if you don't put a withdrawal function, you're done. There is no undeployed, et cetera. Now, you know, a lot of companies, and there are people out there that work with upgradable contracts, right? My guys like to work with un upgradable contracts because the end game is when we run a mint, things change very quickly. Wallets yep. always get added last minute, et cetera. And we like to make sure that if there are any issues, it can always be updated and fixed. So there's ways to avoid it. But uh, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, no, like once you, if you have a non-upgradable contract and you don't have a withdrawal function, that's it. Everybody that put their ETH in there, it's gone. And that that's ridiculous, you know? Yeah, I, I think um, last, last year, mid-December, I, I launched my own project, right? And the, the one uh, thing that I faced for my contract, it's, for example, um, the, the people burn their gas fee, uh, transaction didn't pass through because the gas estimates uh, isn't correct. So uh, just just let me know or give me your insight on, you know, uh, for gas estimation, usually it's the contracts that determine or you have to put like higher than the uh, original recommended. You would always want to put higher than original recommended. Um, and I'll give you an example. So whenever you're going to say your mint's going to go live at whatever, uh, at, at nine o'clock, 
you always want to make sure you're sending that TRX through with this maximum amount of gas. I mean, you overpay that, and that's fine if you overpay that because the goal is to get it live at the exact time. So, I, I again, I don't want to, like, label projects that have made that mistake, but I've seen projects that set the gas through very, nor- like, you know, at the recommended level or even underneath it, and the mint doesn't go live for three to five minutes because the transaction's sitting there pending, and obviously you know what that does to a mint. It's done, right? Um, so yeah, I can't stress enough on that side of it. Um, now I will tell you when you start getting into like the technical side of the gas and everything, remember my Debs handle all that side of it, but for the simplistic <laughs> matter of what you asked, that, that would be correct. I mean, you want to always, if you're handling your own mint, always overshoot the gas when launching the, or when deploying the contract. Yeah. I, I think one thing that I realized after launching, um, projects and then also being on the hit mod for kaiju friends is one thing is that you know when you when you no matter how hype the project is the the mean on the mean day the contract that that's the most important thing i see uh, tons of projects that um, they have the hype is a definite definite sell out but because of the contract you know fucked up and stuff like that and then just for instance within that half an hour everything just go haywire and stuff like that so i I think it's it's really important or stress it can't stress enough that you know um having a a smart contract that is you know properly audited uh done by somebody who have experience even even for for like a company as yourself is very important in the space right now yeah i agree i agree and um you know, and the other thing about it is, too, is it's not just about, like, making sure everything's safe, too. It's just making sure that everything just functions, right? Like, I'll, I'll give you a great example um, that a lot of auditors don't really look for. So we we worked with a project called Tripsters. Some people may remember it. It launched, I don't know, four or five months ago. They they paid us to give away uh, four board apes um, on our Twitch channel. And basically, we had to write a contract in Chainlink that was a randomizer that ran a lottery, right? And it would take the token ID and pick one at random, and that would be the winner. Um, so two days before their mint, they were like, hey, you know, we want you to audit the contract as well. It's a cupcake audit. I, I'll never forget the words cupcake because I was like, what do you mean? And they were like, well, we've had Zertech and another company audit it. It passed with flying colors, so but we'd like to get your company name on it, and you're already doing the other thing. And I said, okay, hey, no problem. But cupcake or not, we're going to try and break this thing because we want to make sure that, you know, if we can find something that somebody didn't. So within 30, I think it was like 32 minutes, my dev said, you can mint as many as you want. And I was like, that's impossible, right? Um, They didn't put the guards up. So, like, basically there was a way you could write a script and you could mint 50, you know, mint as many as you want. And we went back and forth with the project and basically ensured my dev sent the contract live, minted 53, and then they fired their dev team and hired us because they just couldn't believe that two other auditors missed it. So the only reason why I say that is absolutely get your, you know, contract audited, but make sure that the most important things that you're looking for are told to the auditor. Like, for an example... I don't blame Zertech or anybody else for missing that on that audit. It's probably because the client didn't say, hey, we need to make 100% sure that people can only mint this many, right? Um, so they probably just looked at the standard contracts, all guards, et cetera, but there's a certain way to do it. So I guess what I'm trying to tell you is, yes, always make sure you get an audit done, but always emphasize to the auditor you know, your important key things. So is it are you worried about the security? Are you worried about, you know, it functioning right? Are you worried about certain, um, you know, logic within the contract? So just, again, just tips out there. So that way, if you are going to find, you know, uh, get a contract auditor, your founder, you're maximizing the amount of ROI you get out of the audit. Yeah, I think this is a, a, a really good tip because 
but I, I think the the space has actually matured in in a sense that all these things currently right now I think is much more lesser compared to last year. Uh, this uh, is this, last year I you know heard about you know one wallet can mean fifty mean a thousand, um, and then yeah. you know, people didn't have the withdraw button. But I think now as the space matured up, uh, lesser and lesser of this kind of problems, right? So let's just go back to talk about. Like when you tell me I, when the first time I spoke to you and you have an auditing company, I thought that you are deaf. So how did it happen that you know you are not a deaf but you created this company that does smart contract? Yeah, it's a, it's actually an interesting story. Um, so I, I in the beginning of this uh, AMA, I had mentioned that I had founded a project, or former project, uh, back in November of last year. Well, at the time we were, uh, you know, we were predicted to be the number one selling out uh, project on ETH in the month of November, and you know we had a ton of hype and everything was, you know, it was crazy, and we had a dev that I'm going to be candid with you. I just, I didn't trust him. Like I just flat out got bad vibes from it. And, you know, we got close to mint and we had somebody take a look at it. That was a dev. And they said, everything was fine. They were not an auditor three days before mint. I just had a panic attack. And I said, we have to have this professionally audited. Like I'm not going to just go to mint. So I had it audited by two guys that came in and it, they, they literally saved the project. Um, it would have cost us like 15000 to $20,000 to upload the whitelist addresses because they weren't done in a Merkle tree. Um, <clears throat> contract, the way it was written, probably would have bricked with all the load that was coming to it. Um, I mean, just a variety of things. And these guys came in and, and, and basically we fired our dev, hired them. They <laughs> saved the mint. You know, we yeah. sold out in four, we sold out in four minutes and, uh, at that point, I went into January because I, I sold my rights to that project. And I said, well, what do I do now? Like, I don't want to leave the space, but I'm not a founder like in, anymore. So do I go advise? Like, what do I do? So I, like I said, I started advising Zooverse and that gave me the idea. And I said, well, where's the hole in the space? You know, as a business guy, where can I plug a hole and make my, you know, put my flag down? And it was audits because I remember how freaking hard it was to find an auditor <clears throat> that would do it for under, you know, five, $6,000 and doesn't take two weeks. Right. And it was a horrible nightmare. So like that was the whole, I said, let me become the auditor that can do an audit in 24 to 72 hours. And what did I do? I hired the two devs that saved my project because they're fantastic. And next thing I know, we've been working together for eight months, you know, and the way I tell people audits are is, you got to remember an audit is two artists. You have a dev who's an artist and you have the dev who built the contract. They're the other artist, right? And it's like, <clears throat> when you do an audit, you're critiquing the art done by the original artist being the original <clears throat> developer. So, you know, you know, when you do a contract audit, it's generally the developers going back and forth, arguing a little bit, right? Well, I did this for this reason. I can tell you in 250 plus audits, I have yet to see my guys lose an argument where it's like, <laughs> Hey, this is the reason for it. So to be candid with you, brother, I got blessed. Like I, there was, it, I got lucky to get the caliber of guys. I do. I pay them exactly as they should be paid. They make what I make, if not more as the owner of the company, because I value my people. And, um, that's, that's the whole story of it, man. So that's how we got into opening up a dev company and we've become the go-to auditor for people that are, you know, needing it done quick um, you know, we're cost effective and, and that's, 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 that's kind of the story <laughs> front to back. 
<laughs> yeah. So I, I think that one thing is you you saw a hole that is needed to be filled up, and at that moment you you have the right people or right the right tools to do it, and that that is it, right? It's it's all about taking taking the risk, doing the having that opportunity, and just dive in to to be a solution to a problem. So right now is is already. I think your company has almost been a year. How how big have you expanded it to? Uh, so we started with myself and two devs. We've uh, broken it out to six devs now total. Um, we also have a catch-all with a few different uh, partnerships in place with other organizations. So if we overflow, we can get it to them, um, vice versa. Uh, you know, and I'll tell you, the success is while the the work and the caliber that we bring to the table is top notch. You know, um, I will tell you that the success is really based on the partners that I have as well. Cause I mean, you know, in this space, you're only as strong as your network, like point yep. blank. That's it. That's, that's literally your power is in the people you network with. Um, so if you look at my partners, you know, you look at the ape list, right? I mean, it's freaking ape list. They're the best. <laughs> yeah. of them. You know, they're like brothers to me. You got bridge three, you know, Nikki G over there running, uh, you know, one of the top influencer marketing agencies in the space. You got Zooverse, you know, I think Zooverse doesn't need an introduction. Then, you know, recently we just uh, signed the NFT circle and we're working on, uh, you know, trying to get this partnership finalized with uh, the Asian Mint. I'm sure you're familiar with them. So realistically, it's just about the network, brother. I mean, people put their trust in in our company, Web3, because they see the caliber of audits we do. We are the company that gets called when mints fail. And we go in and fix it and do emergency rebuilds. And, you know, people want to get behind that. So I I make sure if you partner with me that if I eat because you're bringing something to me, you're eating too. And if people took that mentality in Web3 versus, you know, what can I do for me, 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 me? No, you should be providing value to everybody else. And once you've provided value to everybody else and everybody's seen it, then you can start worrying about me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I think I I totally agree. Like, you know, one thing great about the web free world is that like for example you starting off your company um you you also hired somebody that you know in the web free world right and in in this you know like what you said we are all in this together it's not like you know in web 2 whereby um every and every brand out there for example coca-cola versus pepsi but in in the web free world it's like if you are nft brand i'm nft brand we all work together in, in the space together and you know one thing like like you said right it's it's just about you know you you meeting people in the space um if you feel they're good you just fight with them and then instantly you can just form a company together with them it's like hiring mods right we we don't even know real life how the mods look like for example but as long as they're providing value to to that project then instantly we know that you know these are the people that can be trusted these are the people that can work together and we just vibe all the way yeah nah absolutely and i mean look there are good people in the space don't get me wrong but it's uh there's a lot of bad ones too right you know what i mean (laughs) so it's it's uh that's why i'm saying like network is everything um yeah Absolutely. So, um, and I guess the, the only other thing I would say, I know you asked me what I find on the dev side and some other things like that. I mean, uh, I would say the most common error, just so I can throw this out there for any of you that do go run your own project one day, um, is going to be when you do your contract, always with your whitelist, make sure you do what's called the Merkle tree. I can't stress this enough. You know, if you do not do one, it's going to cost you five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars to upload it just based on, you know, what the gas cost is. So I know that's a little off subject, but there's a few people in here that have put their time here. And I want to make sure that if they go to find a project or do what it is, 
that uh you know you're saving yourself cost bro it, people here if if they are launching a project definitely they will find you that's it so you you have to advise them on using this maple tree <laughs> Yeah, I mean, again, we're not here to siphon money out from people. We're here to like try and make the space safe. Like I know, and again, it's not the money today. Like I can't stress enough. That's why people do business with me is or partner with me is it's it's about the business in a year from now. You know, the money that comes in a year from now from keeping the space safe, from keeping it functioning. But if people continue to get rugged and you know projects come out and don't do anything with their roadmaps and don't get held accountable, like. It's just, it, I don't see a, a positive ending. That's why I want to build this tool with this escrow side that only releases the funds, you know, at milestones that, that founders hit. So we can discuss that more another time, but just um, there's things that I think can be implemented to not only like make founders more accountable and get projects to be more successful, but to also protect the community. Yeah, cool. So is this tool something that you are already working on or is it just an well, idea right no, now? No, right, right. Actually, right now we're in the process of building out a, a very, very in-depth collab management tool. So I opened up uh, the collab management side of Web3 uh, about two weeks ago. I hired uh, Eskar, who's one of the top uh, collab managers in the space, along with uh, a few other people um, to kind of support that division. And we're basically streamlining an entire collab management tool, which, you know, I think if we can get everything the way it should be, which we're almost there, you know, we get it out there. I think it'll start kind of taking over the space for at least collab management help. Um, yeah. So that's what we're currently building right now. Oh, so um, for example, if, if it's every is a tool that, you know, every project can use um, on how they manage their collab managers, which project they're getting whitelist and stuff like that. Basically everything like that. Um, it's a tool that's really geared more for the use of the collab manager. Obviously, a founder as well to be able to track things and let and work within the platform. But like our goal was really to build a tool to help collab managers, you know, two, three x the amount of collabs and organization that they have in you know the palm of their hand. Um, obviously, it's geared to be used by founders, but the real intention was to to make collab management more fluid, more efficient for the for the time value being put in. Yeah, I, I think one thing I can say that, you know, um, collab manager, this role in the Web3 w- wouldn't face off because right now, you know, most of the projects, um, in order to build that initial hype or build that eyeball looking at the project, collab is one thing that is very important. So right now, I, I, I think uh, most of the people, maybe they don't have, like, for example, a standard uh, tool or things that they can use. So... In, in your tool, is it something that, you know, build it on an Excel sheet or is it going to be a, a software? Oh, no, no, no. This is, this is, this is full platform. You know, we're building out everything for it. Um, you know, user interface, everything. So no, no, that, that's the whole thing is like, I sat there and I interviewed a bunch of collab managers. And I was like, how do you kind of track everything, keep everything organized? And I mean, everybody's response was what you just said, Excel sheets or Google sheets or this. And I'm like, this has to be a better way. It's kind of like the same thing with auditing, right? When I first opened the company, like there has to be a better way. Same thing with this tool. So um, now we've got, I, I would share some screenshots and stuff, but we want to doll it up a little bit. But I mean, when I tell you we're, we're damn there close, uh, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, tools is definitely one way to go in the space. For example, um, previously when, you know, uh, projects wanting to get, for example, whitelist, um, usually they just manually giving out whitelist. So imagine if your collection is like 10,000, you are giving out, for example, 70% of the whitelist. You have to give roles and stuff like that. And then uh, pre came about 
uh, you know, creating the tool whereby, you know, instantly everybody can go and get opportunities to get whitelist. And then I see, like, for example, uh, well, like the tool that Lama is building, whitelist pink, uh, whereby they, yep. you know, they pink you in, in terms of, you know, so in terms of getting whitelist, uh, when the, when the mint is happening. So when you're, when you talk, to, when you talk to me about, you know, a collab manager uh, tool, something that's really, um, I'm really interested in because one thing that you know Kaiju Friends is a big at is also in in collapse. Uh, you can see most of like uh, if you are following Kaiju Friends, most of the like projects. Well, really, the new I've, I've, I've seen it. I've seen it. I was actually going to ask you. I was like, what do y'all use for your uh, for your Discord bot? Like, who do y'all use? Like, you use WAP or like Pantes or who do you use? Uh, we use WAP. Okay. Here's yeah. what we're going to do after. Here's what we're going to do after this. Okay. You're gonna. I'm gonna put you in touch with the founders of Apelist, and we're gonna have you look at Alphabot because I'm gonna tell you right now, Doodle's using it, everybody's is is using it. It's gonna take over. Like I'm just throwing that out there. I have no part <laughs> in Alphabot. I make no money in it. Like they're just my brothers. I've seen the technology. What they have built will hands down take over. So I do want to talk with you about that after the AMA. Yeah, sure thing, sure thing. So one thing I, I I'm. I'm thinking about is like you know people definitely wants to be more more efficient like for myself for productivity I use Notion to keep track of of things right and these all tools like in in right now even even in the web two world whereby you know there's so much things to keep track you you need a tool like Notion for me to keep track on stuff but in the web three everything is moving even at a faster space pace so I think tools is definitely going to be a big one so. How how did you come about the the idea? Is it because you're speaking to a lot of collab managers um, that they want to do, and then you found a a problem in in the space? No, no, I'm not. You know, and here's the other thing: I don't take credit for things that I you know that are not mine. That's just never been my bag. Um, we're build it. We're very good at building it, right? But actually, um, my collab management department came up with this. You know, they actually said H. You know, in our day to day, this is something, you know, we thought about. And I mean, they they gave me everything. I mean, they whiteboarded it out. We had a good scrum session, went through everything. And uh, and it's their idea. It's their idea. One hundred percent. You know, so uh, I'm not taking any credit for the idea. They saw the hole. They and and we're just going to help them help them build it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cool. Cool. So let's just uh, change the topic to like. Right now, even I saw a few of your tweets, like, like you know, people are constantly getting their, you know, their wallet hacked and stuff like that. And I think the, the day or the, the, the style of hackers these days are getting much more clever, um, you know, day by day. So for somebody, for, for example, if they are new in the NFT space, you know, what was the first thing that you can advise them to protect themselves from, you know, being hacked, uh, getting their wallet drained and stuff? Yeah, I mean, number one thing is turn off your DMs and Discord. Just, just turn them off. Like you're, you're from if unless they're your friends or you know potentially share a server, whatever it is. I mean, you can individualize your servers if you want to receive DMs from them. But that's it. I mean, that's that is literally ninety five percent of the way people get hacked is through these DMs on Discord or Twitter as well. I mean, if somebody's trying to private buy your NFT, it's like ninety nine percent more than likely <laughs> fake. I mean, and the end game is you don't need to do a private sale. You don't need to do any of that. Like if they want to buy it. That's great. I mean, if you want to put it on X2Y2, OpenSea, wherever you want, it doesn't matter because you're the one that pays the fees, not them. So, like, yeah. don't let anybody talk you into, well, put it on this platform to save fees. Like, it's your money. I always tell people, if somebody looks at my collection, they say, I want to make an offer on your ape or I want to do this or whatever it is. I'm like, great. I'll sell it to you for this, and I will go list it on OpenSea at that price, and you can buy it just like anybody else because here's my deal. 
If they want it that bad, they'll buy it at the price I list. If not, okay. But just whatever you do, do not do not deal with people's DMs if you do not know them. And whatever on God's green earth you do, there is never a stealth mint, ever. Like, no one's ever done it in the history of NFTs, maybe one or twice, but that's not a thing. So, like, if you ever see something on a project you're waiting to mint and it says stealth mint for the first this, or even a founder DMs you, like, don't do it. It's all fake. You know what I'm saying? I just, I've seen so many people get hurt by it. Um, you know, and this is why we built that feature in the Zooverse Gen 2's contract. So like, for an example, we've had several Zooverse holders get hacked where they click a phishing link, but we've been able to pull back the NFT before the hacker could sell it and use the security feature in the contract and then reunite the NFT with the original owner. So uh, most obviously 99.9% of projects don't have that feature in a contract. So just, you know, that's, that's not a normality, but my side would be is avoid the links, avoid the DMS at all costs. Yeah. I, I think I saw you tweeted about Zoo's, um, you know, people getting back. So the, the discord got hacked and then um, there's a stealth link that is posted on the discord. Say that again. I'm sorry. Oh, so I, I saw that you you posted um on, on your is on your pin tweet that you know um Zoo got got hacked and then um uh, you you managed to retrieve it back. So is it because like uh, the Discord got hacked? No, 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 no. What I meant is like my company wrote the contract for Zooverse Gen 2's collection, and in that in that contract we wrote a feature that is what we call our security feature, and basically in short. Um, it in, it enables through a multi sig um, to allow the owner of the of the actual contract, being Zoobers, to pull back an NFT if needed. So, yes, some people could look at it and go, "Well, wait, they could steal NFTs." Well, yeah, I mean, they technically could, but if they did, the project would go to zero. So, there's absolutely no incentive to do that, right? Um, yeah. So, really, the, the, it's all set there just in case somebody's like clicks a link and their wallet gets drained. If they can show us the proof and, you know, we can see it, boom, we can log into that token ID multi-sig and pull it back to the uh, community wallet and then send it right back to the owner. Wow. So how many, you know, uh, projects right now is using function like this? Uh, I want to say, I, I honestly yeah. don't know. I mean, us, us, I mean, we, we built it in the Zoovers. We tested it for a while and, um, you know, Ali over at Zoovers was like, look, I want to be the first collection you put it in. Uh, let's do it. And I mean, we've been very quiet about it, right? It's not anything that we're out there like promoting, you know, trying to grow ourselves with it. We, you know, we have it in Zoovers. It's working. We'll continue to put in collections that want it per se. And we feel it's a good fit. Uh, we're actually trying to build a UI around it. Also, we're trying to find a way to try and protect, um, you know, like OG collections that can't obviously add this feature in and how that's done. We're still trying to figure out whether it's having a token ID attached to a token or to the original NFT, and that can't be sold unless the token that's attached to it is is removed, but that has to be done with F2A and a password. So there's a lot of things we're going through, but our key goal right now is in the bear is trying to build tools and build security features. So when, you know, uh, everything starts to come back, you know, we have these things already ready. You know what I'm, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. So just, just want to know, right. Um, for example, you, when you are launching your business, you already experienced the, the bear market and the bull market. Um, what is the main two different things that uh, you experience in, in, in terms of your business? Um, well, you know, I, I guess I'd be, I'll tell you this. You got to remember, I've been building businesses and, and advising business owners for a very long time. So, I mean, I've, I've gone through these cycles before and I really, 
I think it goes back to what I originally said, like whether it's bear or whether it's bull, you should still be networking. You should still be building roads, building connections that are ultimately going to be able to not only help grow your name, but, you know, funnel in business even as times get slow. So I would say that I guess the biggest thing with the business has just been making sure that I stay on top of all the relationships. And, you know, if it's slow, it's slow. Then that means, you know, maybe I'm taking less money on deals and giving more money to my devs to make up for the lost revenue they're not seeing. I'm not a greedy guy. It's just about making sure that everybody around me, like I said throughout this AMA, if you do business with me, you're eating right. If I'm eating, you're eating. And I want to make sure you're eating better than me. And that's that, in my opinion, is how good companies and along with building and putting out, you know, proper products, you can't just sit there and not do anything, but networking and continuing to build while others say stagnant. I think that, I think that's been the biggest thing with the business between bear and bull is just staying the course. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think one, one thing that is really important is how we uh, adapt ourselves in, in terms of the market right, uh, wise, right? So for example, like, you know, Kaiju Friends initially when we started the whole project, it was supposed to be a P2E uh, kind of gaming thing. But um, the, the, the game is ready and stuff like that. But one thing, you know, I think that when, when just say for example, bear comes, uh, it always has to be something that the project can adapt very well. And, you know, um, the roadmap is a roadmap, but end of the day is what your community wants. And if you can adapt to what your community wants, for example, um, for Kaiju fans, we are moving into like content, moving into Twitter space, uh, getting more information out there, uh, trying to adapt to the space. Then I think these are the projects that can is able to you know survive or sustain um, in the bear market. But for example, if you you are a business and you said, okay, right, I launched my project and in my roadmap I need to do one, two, three. I already done it and that's it. Um, it, if nobody plays the game, I don't care because I already launched my project. I already do what I uh, set out to do, and then these are the projects that I I think will fall off uh, in in the bear in the bear market. But if, like, for example, your business or, for example, um, you know, Kaiju Friends or my own projects, uh, we are able to adapt and keep on thinking on how to give value, whether it's bull or bear, then we definitely can be the person that strives on top. Yeah, well, and I think one thing y'all's community has done amazing is, again, you continue to stay one of the top collab orgs in the space, you know, as far as generating collabs and bringing value to your holders. So, I mean again this is this is why i tell people like you'll find very quickly the caliber of character and a founder after they mint you know if they get the mint money and all of a sudden things slow down and blah 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 blah, that's a worry right like <laughs> the good guys the good founders are the ones that you know you, you you make your mint money and that doesn't even phase you because you already have obstacles you have milestones that you need to overcome for your community to even justify that money you know what i'm saying so it's just uh yeah, yeah. That's why I think Kaiju's done a very good job. Um, that's why I was actually excited to, to have this AMA. I mean, I, I'm very particular about when I do things like this, but y'all are awesome. Yeah, I, I think one thing that uh, strikes me is because of like your potent, your your partners and how um, in 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 a Web three world being an audit that that's something that you always have to stay on top. Because like I said, you know, hackers are getting uh, smarter day by day. Uh, even like, you know, devs, contracts, uh, it's always getting upgraded and, uh, you know, it's constantly improved. So this is something that, you know, I, I believe if you are in this line of work, you are the person that definitely always strives to wanting to do better. Because um, like, like, you know, people or the hackers can be as 
as tricky as cunning as possible and as a founder or you know devs you have to be on top of everything you have to always know the current trend um always implement new things and when you know when you are innovative enough like for example you wanting to do the escrow you guys are building your tools then this is something uh, added features that you are providing to projects that work with you and instantly i can see that that value that you are providing to people yeah i mean because it's like i tell people every time i meet with a founder it's like i'm just going to be candid with you like i it's great to meet you appreciate it. it's a very cordial you know professional business relationship but i could care less about the founders like i care yeah. about the community the community is everything like the community gets hurt that's a ton of people that you never know man like and i guess that's the way i look at it too like there's a bigger book at the end of the day we all got to answer for when you know when the eyes close and like some of these people that invest in your project is because they heard you on an ama they they believe in you and like you take that mint money that could be their rent money for 2 months that could be how they you know, do this, they, they feed themselves, et cetera. So I, I take all this stuff to a point of seriousness that I, I can't explain. Like, this is not games. These are people's real life money. And like, that's why I'm saying the founders need to start getting held accountable for not auditing, you know, and I don't say from owning an auditing firm, go audit with anybody else. I don't care. It, it matters nothing to me. All I care about is that it's audited. And I want to make sure that these people are actually fulfilling their roadmaps. And if they don't get to a certain stage, I think they either should have to refund or uh, do something, you know what I mean? That's just maybe that's just my personal opinions, but I, I just I take it very serious because I've been a founder and I know what it's like to be in a Discord and be held accountable for people yeah. putting money into what you build, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> this this is something that you know, um, me being a founder, being a mod in you know Discord, uh, handling you know um, people unsatisfactory, fat, and everything like that. It's always going to take a toll in in what you do. And as long as you know that, you know, you are working towards something, um, if, if they, are, they don't agree, you can always discuss with them and even improve yourself in, 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 the, in the whole process of building a project. So uh, maybe we can end with uh, this last question. Where do you like, you know, see um, your, yourself or your company by end of the year or what are your milestones that you are trying to achieve? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. Um, yeah, I've thought about this a lot. I will tell you that I remember at the beginning of the year, I told the devs, I said, I'm going to open this company. I want y'all to come on board with me. And I remember I hit a target goal for the company. If we could do like, I think it was like 450,000 or maybe it was, I don't remember. It was something like 450, 500K in revenue over the first year. I'd say that would be a blessing, um, you know, to be at over 1.5 million in revenue right now. And um just absolutely killing that milestone. We still have the last quarter of the year to go. It's, uh, I guess the only thing I would really say is, uh, I guess I want to keep the perfect record. Like, I mean, we've, we've, we, we're yet to miss anything. Like with the strategy that we have with two devs on an audit with the final look for free at the end, like our hit miss ratio is literally 0%. In fact, the only audit we've ever missed anything on is when I actually had to outsource it to another dev um, and the client approved it. So it was nothing weird, but like, I want to keep that perfect ratio. It's like, I tell people like when they come to us for mint and they go, well, I can get this dev for this amount of money. And I'm like, great. Well, that dev, and you got to look at it like this just came out of med school. Right. And we're going to go do open heart surgery, which is your mint. All right. You get one chance at it. If they don't go well, you're dead. Right. So like yeah. this guy's been working on cadavers and my guys have been working on 40 to 50 live people that are still walking around breathing making money. So if you want to go with the guy for that price by all means, but like that's why we do what we do. So I guess being able to end the year with a perfect streak, you know, 
growing, continuing to bring on partners. I guess that's where I see it. I, I'm not a greedy guy though, brother. Like I, I just, I'm just happy. I'm happy that I get to work for myself. God's blessed me. And I just want to keep the space safe because I want it to be something that five years down the road, 10 years down the road, you know, we continue to bring people in versus watching 90% walk out, you know? Yep. Yep. And that, is a ma- massive congrats to you for you know hitting your milestone. Uh, I think you 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 did it um, three three times better than what you uh, initially sought out to. So definitely, if you if you're if you're having this kind of track record, you're doing something right in the space. And I just wish you all the best. Uh, continue. I'm really excited to see your tools coming out. To see um, you know what your company is offering to the space, and just all all all, all the success to you. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And look, anybody that stayed with us the whole time and et cetera, like, or just even got on the call, like, appreciate your time more than anything in this world. I mean, it's, you know, it's the actual NFT market that makes it what it is. If any of you ever need anything at all, like you ever have questions about the space, you know, you're thinking about starting something like, please just reach out to me. And I don't mean to do business. Like, I'm happy to give you advice because you gave me your time today. Um, And in fact, if you look at my profile, I'm advising a project called Flare MC. I'm not trying to plug here by any means, but um, it's founded by a guy named Zeus, who's like the former number one Counter-Strike player in the world. Um, he's founded, you know, he's founded esports orgs. He's coached uh, number one world ranking teams. He helped start Liquid's uh, Counter-Strike department. I mean, the guy is legitimately the real deal. And he is starting an esports funded um team through an nft launch along with some vc it's called flare mc if any of you are interested on it no grind or anything like that just for showing up today just dm me i'll get you a whitelist spot and get you into the lock discord happy to have you and um again anything any of y'all ever need don't hesitate to reach out to me my, my dms are open any of y'all yeah one, one thing i can say is that uh when i when i uh dm you instantly i get a reply so i know that you're always active <laughs> always uh out there uh, getting ready to connect with people and that's that's one thing that i really like about you i brother i live in discord and that's why i tell people like if you do business with me i come from a customer service background like i have people don't get it web3 life they think it's money this that etc like me it's a customer service process and if you provide the best service to your customer and you're there you're prompt to reply brother that that's it I mean, and I don't get beat there. So anything y'all need, let me know. And then uh, again, God bless all y'all for giving me the time. And, uh, you know, I appreciate the, the host. What's up, pukers? Pukers. You're listening to PukeCast, the show that pukes out the truth to everything you need to know to rise and thrive in the Web3 world. Because it's all about puking rainbows and smoking hopium. Hopium.